Alright. There we go, guys. We are back for yet another episode of the Soccer Dad Pod, where we attempt to enlighten as many as possible as to our uh, soccer insights. Talk about our kids, talk about our lives, talk about beer, talk about whatever makes sense at the moment. And tonight is going to be one of the fun ones because we have some of my favorite people in the world here. Um, across the spectrum, not only other soccer dads, but uh, longtime friends, soccer uh, uh, teammates, as well as business partners, etc., etc., etc. It's going to be a fun episode. Uh, first off, Carpool co-host of the day, Jared Bertrand. Say hello. Come on. Let's go. Carpool co-host. Yeah. Bring it. So we're just going to get right into it today. Um, I've got two guests uh, that are going to be on today on this episode that um, have probably meant more to the soccer scene in the last 15 years than vast majority of clubs or uh, coaches or anybody that actually touches a ball. Um, super proud of this one. This is Matt Stelzer from the Amsterdam Tavern, one of the original founders, owners, openers. And we've got Mr. John Shine from Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, uh, one of the largest supporters of soccer uh, in the area on today. Um, so let's, let's, let's just start with a quick hello. First half, first quarter at a minimum, uh, we've got Matt Stalzer by himself. John is somewhere around here because we are at the uh, illustrious, famous... Urban Chestnut Brewing Company on Manchester in the Grove. Matt, say hello. Hello. Matt, say anything else you'd like to say. <laughs> Come on, Matt. <laughs> Can I get an F-U at least? Yeah. he. Uh, just, just wait. Two more beers. It's coming. <laughs> it's, it is coming. Um, no, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, man. Um, Obviously, we've we've been in the trenches for a long, long time uh, on the south side here um, uh, in business together and um, as well as obviously me paying your power bill down at Amsterdam for the first three, four years in the form of Miller Lights and Powers, Powers Hour. Powers Hour. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to this because this show is really dedicated to the nuance and the kind of the absurdity that is the sideline of soccer and just the no normalcy of soccer dads, soccer moms, and people that love the game, that are around the game, that their, their lives, their uh, endeavors, and how it relates to the game. And what you have done, what you and your brother and Lyle and the team at Amsterdam have done in the past, what is it now? For a little over 14 years. 14 years to the south side. To the, in a city that is a soccer city, you kind of raised the bar. Oh, brother. Yeah. So here's where I'm going to start with this. You don't need to say anything. You just need to listen to Jared for a second. Because Jared, my friend here, uh, lifetime soccer player, right? Uh, you're D1 player, Missouri State. You had your accolades. You've put the boots on for many a year. You know everything about the game, right? But I'm going to completely embarrass you at this point. 
Tell me again, when was the first time you stepped foot in Amsterdam Tavern? It was today. Uh, <laughs> Boo. <laughs> didn't even know it existed. Uh, had friends that went there. It was like, eh, you know, I got, I, I'm, I live out in Wentzville. I got some soccer bars. We got hat tricks on Mexico Road, which is relatively new. We got, <laughs> we got some other people that think they know soccer. Walked into Amsterdam Tavern today. Absolute mecca. Ashamed. Embarrassed. Uh, hadn't been. Um, shame on me. Played my whole life in this city. Uh, love soccer. And uh, didn't know these Steltzers uh, knew what soccer was. I mean, kudos to them. Well, you know, the, the <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm giggling here because we're already trading... Uh, cell phone snippets of things we're going to talk about, and we're looking at a mem completely making fun of Arsenal or Ars and Anal. Um, you know, here's the thing, Jared, and you, you can speak to this having been literally introduced to it today. I don't think there is a bar in the Midwest because we've been all over the place with our kids independently as young adults, etc. From Chicago to Cincinnati to Columbus, all over the place, right? Name a better soccer bar in the Midwest, quite possibly in the nation, than Amsterdam Tavern. The only one I can think of is my garage, but after that, uh, I mean, we don't have a liquor license, so uh, there is none. Yeah. Matt, how, how does that make you feel, though, when you hear about a guy that's in our backyard that literally just walked in for the first time today? No, I, I, I love it, actually. I mean, you know, I mean, understandably, he, he lives in Wentzville, so that's a long drive. I mean, he was he was telling me earlier that it was his first time in, and I'm like, I get it. I'm like, there's the deal. You go down to the bar and you have a couple of drinks or you have more than a couple of drinks, and you're not gonna, you don't want to drive. Yeah. Hopefully you have a friend who lives in the city, or you take a $150 Uber ride home. <laughs> well... I would have loved the $150 Uber drive home because it would have saved me um, $50,950. <laughs> well, I believe what we're leaning into is a whole other like legal topic here. Um, yeah, you know what, Matt? I mean, this is, you, you and I have had a million different conversations uh, Privately, publicly, um, sitting at a bar with, you know, a room full of uh, 500 people rooting for our team, their team, U.S. team, etc. And we've sat at that pub with two people, you and I, watching the same. Um, this many years in, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the finish line first, and then we're gonna go to the kind of the Amsterdam origins per se. How does it make you feel today when you, because I know you're not there a lot these days, when you turn on the camera and look at people from your couch, knowing the effect and the impact you've had on the soccer scene here? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's great. Again, I love it. It's, um, it's something that, um, you know, the three of us are very proud of. Um, and we did create something. I think we created a viewership in St. Louis that really wasn't there as far as outside of the, the the house right so i mean it's it's something that you know was basically just kind of a a, a, 
a dream and kind of like a lemonade stand when we first opened up, never thinking it would ever actually go this big. I just thought like, hey, if we, if I can have a bar for three or four years and then it doesn't work out, hey, at least I tried it and it was great and it's something I can check off the list. But, you know, it's obviously not that because we're almost 14 and a half years into it and it's just continually growing and growing and growing. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. So when, let, okay, so let's go back to the starting line then. A um, little bit of background on you guys. Uh, I, I'll give the 10,000 foot. You fill in the gaps. Uh, you are the youngest of seven, I believe. Six. Six. Okay. Uh, five, five boys, one daughter. That's um, most of you played soccer, a few at a very high level. You being one of them, you played D1 at Loyola up in Chicago. Um, so go Ramblers on uh, Sunday. Yeah, boy, there you go. Missouri State hammers the Ramblers every <laughs> get out. Yes, it's but, unbelievable. Yeah, but 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 go you on. Know, you know what's funny is that so we had a we had a tournament called the Jesuit Cup my senior year, which would have been the fall of '91, and the Missouri, and well, it was Southwest Missouri back then, and they came up and we hammered them three to one. Yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, just I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that may have happened. I'm pretty sure it did. But that was back in the day whenever Rush Limbaugh was your mascot, right? Uh, it was either Rush Limbaugh or Roseanne Barr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what? where I want to go with this is actually, like, you've been, you've been in and around the game your whole life. Your, your dad is one of those proverbial, kind of like a mecca soccer dad that basically donated all his time all the time to make sure you guys were on the field playing be competitive and he pushed and pushed and pushed right yes from then all the way to your uh i'm probably gonna date you age you a little bit but your mid late 30s when you landed back here and you decide we're gonna open this place and then 12 years later Amsterdam Tavern is known uh, via NBC Sports and ESPN Soccer. You guys are a mecca. It, talk, talk about the the, the breadth, the, the, how big it is for you having, you know, grown up in a soccer home to be, you know, in the position you are running this bar. You know, talk about soccer in general in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'll just go back to kind of like how it all happened. Um, hopefully that'll explain a little bit. But, you know, obviously growing up in St. Louis, and St. Louis is a big soccer town and, you know, playing since I was four or five years old and playing in high school and club and all that and having the opportunity to, to play at Loyola um, was amazing. And I got to play with my brother Rob, too, for one year, which was awesome. Um, and then, like... <clears throat> You know, living in kind of all over the country, mainly in Chicago and in Europe for a little bit. And, you know, you're able to, like, walk out to a pub in Chicago, any Irish pub, and, and catch a EPL game. I mean, it was limited back then just because, you know, you had the satellite and right. cost the bar like $500 or $1,000 to get the feed. And then they charge you $25. And I was poor back then, so $25 was a lot of money to, to get into uh <laughs> Yeah, but you're cheap it, now. Twenty five bucks is a lot of money for you now. Like, you know, I'm not spending twenty five bucks. So, you know, and then moving back to St. Louis in my mid thirties, and then realizing like, 
Wow. We have nowhere. There's no. There's nowhere to watch this. This is crazy. So my brother Rob and I just had this idea. We're like, hey, we, we need to open up a soccer bar. It's 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 sorely needed in this city. And um, oh, you know, we looked at hell yeah, yeah, looked at different places, and we found this place on Morgan Ford, and it was. Quite frankly, it was a it was a dive. It was it was worse than a dive. It was a oh, yeah. dive dive. Yeah, and uh, we rented it out for a while, and then finally, after about four or five years, we you know we bought the building and um, started doing improvements, and obviously that helped out a lot. Yeah, the improvements are amazing. Yeah, I don't know who did that. I don't know who did that either. Yeah. I mean, like, the guy, I think the guy across from me helped out a little bit. <laughs> Why is the front wall blue? Yeah, the interior. Chelsea. Oh my Come on. God. Yeah. I mean True story. Really? When we tore that front wall out. Did you geez. notice the three white stripes too? Yeah. It was all yeah. Adidas. I did. I did. <laughs> like they did that. And I and I made sure to come in super early in the morning and like I made my guy painted all that royal Chelsea blue. Like I literally Googled the, the Chelsea color code. And had that blue made. And then they all walked in and Matt Emilio was like, I get it. And the rest of the crew, which were not Chelsea fans, were like, what the fuck is this? They were pissed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and years later, it's still there. Too bad, too sad. <laughs> no, Two said, Champions League uh, finals. Yeah, and wins. Yeah, you, you know, it's the, the, thing, the thing about Amsterdam for me, and I, obviously I'm, I, I'm skewed, I'm too close to it, but like it's become predictable for me. In a sense that, like, soccer's grown so fast in the United States, uh, specifically through FIFA. You know, the video game aspect for kids has just skyrocketed. And then you have NBC Sports took the took the ball and ran with it big time, brought everybody into the game. And now you've got all these uh, pay-per-view services, etc. And what you guys do is you are an aggregator. You are... It doesn't matter what the game is, what the league is, you know, what time of day. The beauty of your place, and I don't think people really understand this, it doesn't matter if it's a 6 a.m. La Liga match or, you know, well, most of them are never later in the afternoon because it's European heavy. You cater exclusively to the soccer market, which is extremely different than the majority of, quote, soccer bars in America, period. Right. Well, right. most 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 places throughout the city, county, and then you get out west uh, to St. Charles County. There, there are people that think they are soccer bars. Um, they they don't hold a candle to a place like this that you walk in. The the original building, the original structure, has a forty foot wall that's decorated in only soccer. Um, secondly, they Amsterdam. play. <laughs> Let's go, uh, uh, fans. Um, they, I mean, they're on point. They, they, they play games. They, they're there to play games. I mean, if you're a ping pong ball bar, you're you're going to have the ping pong game on. They have soccer games on. That, 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 I mean, that's you go there to watch soccer games. Well, so. At what point did you decide, though? I mean, you had to know going into it because you already knew the time change was a real thing. And clearly, day one, you knew that EPL was the league 
Right. How 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 were you prepared to build a a, a squad and a, a a team ready to address seven a.m. eight a.m. games on Saturdays and Sundays? Well, originally that was me and the, you know, the original <laughs> owners and in a, in a couple of uh, uh, young bartenders that we that we found through friends and um, yeah, and it just it, you know those and they were the young guys were all. You know, soccer fans. I mean, I was still working a, a job Monday through Friday, and I would work, you know, Monday nights, Wednesday nights, Friday nights, and wake up at you know five in the morning. The, the bar cleaned to open up at six a.m. So yeah, I mean, it it it, it was a struggle, but it worked out. And, and once we did that, and I and I think it's about consistency. So we were consistent that we were going to open up. It didn't matter who it was at 6 a.m. We were still going to open up. And yeah. and you'd always get one or two, maybe 10 for that game. And then, you know, the 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock or the late game, the 11, 11.30 game, you know, would, people would be packing in. And I think that's I think that's the difference is that we open up at 6 a.m. We will always open up at 6 a.m. Well, it's I, I not find, a game at 6 a.m. I always find it funny, like, if, if we're uh – you know, end of the week, we know there's a big game on a Saturday or Sunday. You know, if we're down there for a happy hour or a lunch on a Friday, what kills me is the amount of time that people call and are like, you know, l- l- let's say it's real well. Remember the year there was, uh, I think it was the Olympic game or something that was on a Saturday morning at like 8 a.m. Oh, the, and we the were hockey, there. The hockey game. Well, the hockey game. And then, but there was like, it was a trifecta of U.S. hockey, then. Uh, U.S. soccer, then right. Chelsea, right? right. Back, right. back, back. Right. And that Friday, we were up there doing some things, getting ready, and your phone wouldn't stop ringing. And people are like, are you going to have the U.S. game on? Yeah, so the, 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 <laughs> the, the running joke with, uh, with the bartenders is that on a, on a big day, specifically, like, for example, coming up the World Cup, and the phone will ring off, it's, you just answer it, yes, and hang up. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, will you have the U.S. England game on yes. Black Friday? Quick. No, we don't like money. We're we're not going to show that game. You know, we're going to have the whole road closed off, asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so yes, yeah, that's a perfect segue. Let's uh, for all of you people listening, wondering how do I break my Amsterdam cherry and go and be a part of it? There probably hasn't been a better opportunity. Really, in the in, in the recent three, four, five years, than the World Cup this year with Black Friday's game. Talk talk about what you guys are doing, what that game is, and what it means to Amsterdam. Yeah, so uh, you know, so the the group that the U.S. is in, I'm sure most people know, it's 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 uh, England and Wales, and then Iran. So, you know, we got we got lucky on as as far as having the game on Black Friday because obviously that's Thanksgiving weekend. It's the day after Thanksgiving. Everybody's home from college. Everybody's off that day. Um, and it's a, it's a great time. It's 1 p.m. So, you know, we're, we're blocking off the street or half the street and we'll have a jumbo, uh, jumbo uh, TV out there on a truck and we'll have a, a couple of bars out there. We'll have both of our kitchens. We'll have food. Um, so yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be pretty amazing, and, and you know, hopefully, knock on wood, you know, the temperature will be okay. Um, you know, at St. Louis, hasn't had a cold winter 
in a while. Yeah. So we're 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 wishing that. Uh, so, so you're due for a 15 degree day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, so let's 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 go through the uh, archives a little bit, uh, because in the in the 12 years plus you guys have been doing this. I, I've been there for a number of what I would consider marquee games, um, ranging from World Cup to Champions League, you know, Chelsea in particular, Champions League final. Um, talk about a few of your favorite moments at the bar. What was the game? What was the crowd? What was the result? Um, so uh, 2010 World Cup in uh, South Africa, that would, would have been the England U.S. the tie, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> now, isn't that funny though? I mean, think about that. Like people that are listening that are maybe on the fence, soccer fans, they just heard you say that one of the the, the first game that came to mind, England U.S. tie. Yeah. Like nobody won, but we tied. Tied. That's all we needed to do. What was the <laughs> game where Lenny Donovan slid in the 90th minute to score that goal? Uh, that was that was the U.S. England game. I could be I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the U.S. England game in 2010. I was in Panama City at a bar, at a soccer bar, mind you. It in wasn't Panama. Amsterdam Tavern. Yeah, phenomenal. I mean, I can't. I mean, so 2010 game, 2010 U.S. England. Yeah, um, I would say then I would I would go. I'd go to 2012. Oh, Drogba? Chelsea, Chelsea yes. and Drogba. I ran from the back of the back of the beer garden down the beer chute steps up the bar steps yeah. when that happened. <laughs> and you, JB, and Aaron Barrett were sitting at the end of the bar, and it just erupted. It was it was insane. Well, here was the insane. Was JB thing. crying. Uh, I I, I think was. I, I think I might have teared up. Tears of joy. But you got to understand, in 2012, really. All the early years as a Chelsea fan at Amsterdam, there was only maybe ten of us. Well, we weren't big. We're if big that, now. Well, you didn't have any good moments either in 2012 in prior Chelsea. They'd won league. I mean, they'd won hey. league. They'd won FA Cup. They'd been going and going and going. And but playing Bayern Munich that year, and Bayern was like a three-goal favorite almost, right? And the whole bar, it was like. I mean, it was like the Third Reich coming at us. Like, they were so militant that day. We were just sitting on the corner like, oh, my God, this sucks. This sucks. We were down, you know, and then Drogba gets the gold, and we go to PKs. And when it erupted, it was literally like, he's like, the whole bar erupted. No, not the whole bar. Only 10 of us in the corner. (laughs) And the rest of them were like, Wanting to pay their tabs. Get the fuck <laughs> like, out of here. From, from from a business standpoint, he would have done much better if Bayern yeah. would have. <laughs> actually, this is a true story. So a good friend of ours, uh, AB, yeah, he actually uh, he actually bet against Chelsea, and he's a Chelsea he's a Chelsea supporter because he thought Bayern was gonna win like three one or three nothing. Yeah, he, uh, you know, poor choice. But you know, here's here's the thing about those days. Um, what what happened early in, in in the Amsterdam say years two through six? Talk about the educational process, like the amount of people that were like coming in, figuring out what the game was. Yeah, so I, and I think that that's a good point because I was going to mention that uh, earlier. 
I think what what has been created at Amsterdam, and, and I'm not saying it's because of me and, and, and Rob or Lyle, it, it, I think it just became one of those deals where, you know, when you when you went out to soccer to, to watch a soccer game, you know, when I lived in Chicago and stuff, it was basically soccer fans. It wasn't it's got or guys or, or, or guys and girls who played soccer their whole lives, in in at a you know a high school level or, or college level or maybe semi pro level, um, whatever it was. But I I see I start seeing after the second, third, and fourth year that people were coming in who had never played the game ever in their life, and are wearing a kit and supporting it. And at first, at first, I thought that was weird. But then, you know, I'd, I'd step back and think about it. I'm like, no, this is exactly what the U.S. needs. We need right. fans, even fans who've never played it, who 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 want to view it and, and love the game and support it. And I, and that's really it's 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 those people and and the ones who have played soccer who come in and support the bar. They're the they're the they're the real heroes, honestly. Yeah, you you know, it's funny because we joke about this a lot, and um, you know, when when you look at the uh, uh, the the bell curve or whatever you want to call it, the timeline of Amsterdam from day one to today, and when you go in there on a big game day, um, there are a couple things that I notice. Number one is the number of people there that are. It, it's clear they're not soccer people; they're soccer fans. You know, and there's a difference, right? You know, playing the game and growing up with the game, you just know the difference between a soccer person and a soccer fan. But the other thing is, and this is a little depressing, and I'm sure you probably will agree, is you have now hit the point where there's a generational change. You're 12 years in. Oh, yeah. You know, we we go in there now. Not only is there a, a group of people that are like, have never played the game that are lovers of the game that you guys taught that but you also have this next generation of you know new drinkers you know how does that make you feel knowing that no matter what if you turn the lights off tomorrow you will forever be known as like an enigma and and a uh, initiative to grow soccer in town. Yeah, and I, I, that's what's so great about it is because it really, it, you know, it, it was and still is a grassroots bar. You know, it's, it's, it's word of mouth. We never did a lot of marketing because back in the day when we I've never we heard did, of it. We, we ne- <laughs> 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 right, maybe we should have done marketing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I told him from day one, I'm like, look, man, 10 bucks a month, Facebook, you can afford it. It's yeah. like two bush cans. No, nope, we're not doing it. I think it. they got the Luligans. Well, well, there's a couple groups, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know uh, that's Stelter's favorite group, isn't it? Hey, there's a perfect transition there. Um, he, yeah. He, Amsterdam has become the home, the hub of not only uh, supporters for particular teams. You've got the Liverpool fan club. Uh, yeah, uh, you've got United. You know, a little, little dust up with some of their people that was completely justified. And they've tried out a bu- bunch of other places, and it's never really worked out for them. Like, they're they're clamoring to come back home. Uh, and, they're, and, they, and, and they are. And they're, they're, I mean, everybody, they're, they're all, you know, they're all great guys. Everybody who comes in there, they're awesome for the most part. You have a couple little hiccups like we had in 18. But, you know, we, we took care of it. And, you know, you just... It, it, Everyone's welcomed in there, you know. There's, 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 there's absolute no, absolutely no tolerance for, for fighting, 
because you're Liverpool and you're Chelsea and you're Man U and you're Tottenham. There just there just isn't. So you know? so when that happens, we take care of it. And beat it. Well, you exactly. know what they, you know what they do is they go to like Jesse Finney kind of guys, and they make sure that the, <laughs> the all the gates and everything is taken care of. Like it's one of those things that when you go to a big game there, if you feel the tension rising, it, it's like undercover 007 like s- soccer security guards yeah and like, even and even better it the it, our, our customers it's self policing oh absolutely they, they yeah. take care of it too which is a, which is why I, I love them also you know so real quick to get back on that kind of like the, the, the younger generation coming in and 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 you know in the in the view and viewing and all that it, it's it's amazing it's just amazing to see that happen because it really has. I've never really seen it anywhere, except for Amsterdam, and I'm not patting myself on the back. It's just, it's just something that that I recognize when I went to soccer bars all over the country and blah blah blah. That it, it was the majority were, were were people who had played the game their whole lives, and what what I think is so awesome again, probably repeating myself, is that having these 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 people who love the game and maybe have never played it or never never played it at a high level or you know totally into it i mean it, that that's again that's what the game needs in this yeah. country it's about the camaraderie yeah uh, you know let me ask you this question you you mentioned all these places that you went around the country have you been to a better soccer bar in the country i mean i've been to the bars in manhattan i go to manhattan all the time there is not a soccer bar that compares to that. Where, where, where have you been that you've been like, this place has a good soccer bar? Yeah, I mean Chicago's got a, a bunch uh, that are good. Uh, um, the Globe, the Globe is good. Um, uh, I can't think of the name right now. Cleo's, I believe it's called. In, yeah, down on uh, Chicago, Chicago yeah, name. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so there are there are good ones and. and I, I'm not there all the time anymore. I mean, Hidden Shamrock back in the day was a great one. That's the one that would charge $25 to get in because they kind of had to because it literally cost them probably two grand to get the feed back in the early yeah. mid-90s. Yeah. yeah. Um, Put so, it on Sky Sports. Well, yeah, right, you know, right. I, look, I, I, I'm going to toot your guys' horn for a little bit because the reality is, you know, uh, I lived in Chicago for, you know, a decent amount of time. Cleo's was the sponsor of our soccer team. You guys just do it different. You do it. Um, I think there's a couple factors. Number one, St. Louis is the soccer city in America. We are the original soccer capital. There's no denying that. Uh, I, I don't care what anybody says. Any of our fans listening in Jersey or L.A. or whatever, it doesn't matter. What about the picture in the bar, whoever <laughs> bought it? Peter who- Dunn's picture. Who who sent it around the country, oh, yeah. and however long it took to get the how many people from St. Louis that were on that yeah. uh, World Cup yeah. squad? Yeah, so I'm gonna fill in the gaps real quick. In the bar, there is a framed photo, uh, professional print of the 1950 U.S. team that beat England one nothing. And the the beautiful thing as it pertains to St. Louis is the gentleman Peter Dunn, good friend of ours, that that got the picture he spent how many years matt sending that thing around the country seeking out the ex st louis players that were in that lineup yeah i think i think most like the the i can't remember i think there's about he's probably got five or six signatures 
most of the guys, fortunately, he, he got them signed before they died. Um, and the one guy he was having an issue with was an East Coast guy. I think he lived uh, outside of Philly uh, at this time, and he had to reach out to his daughter who then reached out to her dad, and he sent it up there, and the guy signed it, and I can't think of his name, but he was he was an East Coast guy. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty amazing that that's in the bar. Yeah, I mean, that's it's... That's an excellent picture. Well, I mean, it's one of those I mean, things that... I don't that care who the hell you are. If you saw the picture, if you have any idea what's going on with soccer, if you knew it, you knew the story, if you saw the signatures, if you know the backstory, and you knew there was five, six St. Louis players that beat England in 1950, fuck off. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, that's how I feel. Like, like literally, you know, when we... You, 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 when 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 we run when we run around the country with our kids and we chase them and and we do we do all the things that we do and we land in these quote soccer cities and these quote soccer communities and i i don't want to diminish any of the others look they're producing great players they're 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 training especially at the mls next level i mean us soccer is on the uprise but let's not kid ourselves I'm a homer. You guys are homers. St. Louis just has a special sauce that other cities don't. You know? Yep. Case in point, and we haven't brought this up today yet. How proud were you when you saw the 2022 U.S. national team lineup and we had two of our boys out of the 24? Oh, it's it awesome. Yep. It's awesome to see hey. that. Bold from Scott Gallagher, <laughs> yeah. bold from St. Dominic. Guess who's a St. Dominic alum in this podcast? Uh oh. Uh -oh. Here we go. Uh -oh. No. Here we go. I'm okay. No more St. Dominic talk. But <laughs> but I mean, think about that. We've we've all been around the game a long, long time. Matt, you you worked at U.S. Soccer in in the in, in the prime days, late '90s and and beyond. You know, with your brother and everything. We'll get into that in a second. You've seen tremendous talent at the highest level from a U.S. Soccer standpoint, um, and here we are in 2022, and that roster comes out, and you look at it, and not only is it two two St. Louis guys, but Yes, they were from the same club. What you know? What what's your take on that? How does that make you feel when you see? Uh, it's it's it again. It's amazing because they're from St. Louis and we're from St. Louis. So it's 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 you know we're we're, we're all proud of that, obviously. And and they're 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 good players too, right? You know, they yeah. both play in uh, in England. Um, I'll say this: back in the day when I worked at U.S. Soccer, it, it kind of had become this. The we had nicknamed it the East Coast Mafia. Basically, a lot, a lot of the coaches were East Coast, and they kind of just they kind of put St. Louis in the Midwest to the side. Uh, St. Louis was poo butt, and yeah, they, they, it's true. And you know, a lot of the guys that they got were guys that they had coached. Come play as Delco through through college and, and whatever else. And so, I think it's 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 awesome to see this like kind of St. Louis. Like I think St. Louis was stagnant for a while, and part of that is because they kind of did the, the the flyover you know deal with our city right and just the midwest in general so yeah it's it's amazing it's great and i, and I hope they and, and and i hope they play well well let's let's frame this though you your your perspective is unique because you 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 know i mentioned earlier you're 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 the baby of six 
your uh, middle brother, middle bottom third brother was U.S. soccer. He was, he was uh, second, second oldest. Se- second oldest. And John? John. No. Yeah, John. Yeah. Was, what was his title at U.S. soccer? So he was the national team director. So he had all of, he, he was in charge of all the national teams except for the full men's and women's. So he had U14s all the way to the Olympic team, okay. both boys and girls. So that was out of Chicago. Yep. And when you moved up there, you went, went to school, you ended up going to work there. Talk a little bit about, um, first off, name five players that you touched, that you were part of the teams, just to kind of create a frame of reference. Um, like Landon Donovan, uh, McBride, McBride. Um, um, God, I'm drawing. I'm drawing a blank. Bradley. Bradley. Yep. Yeah, I was on the U14 with him. What about Beasley? Beasley. Yes. Yeah, I had. Beasley's I did, probably. I did a game with Demarcus Beasley. Demarcus and Jamarcus. High press. High press there, Jared. Demarcus and Jamarcus Beasley. Yeah. 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 Both yeah. of them were uh, national team guys. Yep. So, um, so Carlos Bocanegra, Timmy Howard, Brad Friedel. Oh, now, now, now it's yeah. rolling. Yeah. <laughs> so so. Here, here's here's my question. Working with those teams, traveling all around the world to these tournaments that they would play in the U17s, U21s, etc. Which which of the which of those players in the past, like when you were in camp, not only on the field but you know in the dining room and all of it combined, which one impressed you the most? I, you know what, honestly, um, if you if you want to go on and off the field, I'd say Brian McBride, just stand up, solid guy, great player, nice as hell off the field too. You know, didn't have an attitude, didn't have an ego. Um, young young guys, um, you know, I was on U14 camp when Freddie Adu came in, and, and he was clearly just amazing. I mean, I'm just sitting there watching the scrimmages, and it's just. It was a joke. He would literally, he looked like Paley. He would run from one end to the other and go through the whole team. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of amazing guys. You know, it's, uh, it, it was, it was, I was lucky to, to, to do that and be around those guys. It was pretty amazing. All right. Here's, what, here's the deal. We're going to give you a quick update. That background noise you hear is the Urban Chestnut Brewery. Uh, down here on Manchester in the Grove, they have a brand new game room slash brew room slash liquor room. Um, if you haven't been, come. Uh, and one of the things about Urban Chestnut down here, and Matt, you and I have talked about this a number of times. You lived in Chicago for a long time. You've lived in New York. You've lived in Turkey. You lived. You've lived all over the place. I've lived in Chicago, and I've traveled all over the world. We're both kind of foodies, right? Yeah. Yeah, P- definitely. When it comes to pizza, right? We've ate pizza all over the world. Tell people about the pizza here. Come here now. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's, it's some of the best New York-style pizza even in New York. Are we talking about the pizza at Urban Chestnut or the pizza in I- St. Louis? I'm going to tuck the pizza right here over your right shoulder. That Urban Chestnut Cooks. Is legitimately, Correct. it's not St. Louis style. 
It is straight New York. It's amazing. Uh, kind of hand toss. Uh, it's all about the crust, too. The crust is amazing. So the crust, I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, the recipe for the crust came from, uh, uh, what, what's the his bread tenant? Union Loafer. <laughs> Union Loafers. Yeah. Union, it smells delicious. They came up with this pizza dough recipe, and it's... It is by far the best pizza in St. Louis. By so, far? Urban Chestnut Pizza is the I, best pizza in St. Louis. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to regroup. We're going to fill our pine glasses. You are going to try a piece of Urban Chestnut Pizza. And when we come back on, we'll have John Shine with us. Matt's sticking around. And we're going to talk a little bit more about soccer and beer. And you're going to try pizza and you're going to give us a review. Oh, boy. You like that? And you're not going to be able to eat one piece either. No, it's it's one of those well, things tubby, that so I can do it. It's, it's almost like the Bush Gallagher argument. I mean, once you try Bush, they're better than Gallagher. You think? <laughs> All right, here we go. We're out. Right, but you gotta talk quickly because the music turns runs too long. Maybe. YouTube will fucking ban you. <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta talk over the top of it a little bit. Little music. We are back for the second half of. I don't even know what episode this is, to be honest with you. We're I think it's nine. Nine. I, yeah, you're right. Thank you, uh, Carpool co host Jared Bertrand. Uh, episode nine of the Soccer Dad podcast, where we talk a little bit about soccer and a whole bunch about shit. So. Uh, during the first half, we had a killer conversation with uh, one of my best friends, uh, partners in crime, Matt Stelzer of the Amsterdam Tavern. And now, during the second half, we have St. Louis's own Jonathan Shine. Are you cool with Jonathan? I, I'm John Jonathan. I really, <laughs> I, I've never had a preference, but John's great. John's great. All right. Well, that's good. I've only ever called you John, so I'll call you yeah, John. No, that that's, was, yeah. that's, without, that's without an H. I think his it mother is. and grandmother call him Jonathan. When he's in trouble, Jonathan. Yeah, it's about this. Yeah, that's right. So we, we have the John Shine from the Urban Chestnut Brewing Company. Uh, dude, first off, just thank you for being a good friend for a long, long time. You too. You've been an incredible supporter of... Uh, not only everything that Amsterdam has done over the years, and we'll talk about that in a second, but uh, Gaslight Lounge and, you know, working with uh, Gaslight Studio, you know, you, you for, for just our immediate circle, you've been a tremendous supporter. So first off, thank you live on air. I want to put that out there publicly. Thanks, um, it's fun to work with people that you enjoy and like-minded people who get excited about creating things and, and uh, it comes natural. Beer. 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 Well, beer is the common denominator, right? Beer. So I uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Uh, wanted to basically, I thought this made sense to have Amsterdam and Urban Chestnut on this episode because the over the past 12 years in particular, uh, 12 plus for Urban Chestnut as well, um, both of your organizations uh, really kind of came to fruition at about the same time. 
uh, Urban Chestnut Brewing, and really the craft brewing movement in St. Louis in general, was popping at the same time that Amsterdam comes to life. But uh, Urban Chestnut, again, this is one of those things where I'm going to go to the starting line first here. Um, you guys early on in the, uh, when you guys opened, because your first location, just give us a little 101, that was Midtown, correct? That was Midtown, yep, Washington Avenue. Uh, what year did you guys open? 2011. 2011. And uh, January. there was a crew, a core of three of you uh yeah so so uh, when i was at anheuser bush uh david wolf longtime family friend uh basically uh we were all i mean anybody who worked at anheuser bush back in the day will tell you uh, you you bled it you it was your life uh after the purchase it quickly became obvious that not your life not your life anymore and uh <laughs> they, they had no intention of it being your life and it was uh you, you were just you, you were, were butthurt you, you know you it was like uh you were a stormtrooper and uh it was like you know it was, Fuck it was, they, these they, they replaced darth vader and uh you were kind of like wow it's like um yes yeah, so i felt like the guy from that uh what are they i don't know one of the recent yeah i felt like a store a stormtrooper who had who had lost no, his, his, I, I get uh, it. his In, way just so, just so everybody's aware, it is the guy from Wentzville that is like the color commentary today. So <laughs> let's lay that out there first off. Thanks, Jared, for your <laughs> fuck those guys. Um, but no, yeah, you know not what? me. I, honestly, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Yeah. You, you did I, say. I it. You I'm, just didn't say it publicly. Well, no. I. I mean, we. You know, we we loved. I mean, I, I really. It was it was a wonderful experience working for the old company. We don't we don't carry a, like a bunch of resentment i know there's it's like a it's an in style thing to do in the industry sometimes and we don't really buy into it um you know they paved a lot of ways uh you know we use a lot of their technologies um and uh you know it's uh onward and upward you know? so, so you're saying you stole the recipe no i'm no I, I, yeah not quite <laughs> godspeed <laughs> that'd be a, that'd be a different podcast i think and you'd have yeah. to probably talk to florian about that one yeah well, this is a perfect opportunity for me to solicit any attorneys out there that would, would like to sponsor this Soccer Dad podcast for any illicit statements we make. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, I, uh, I basically I just crowbarred my way into it as an investor, and, and uh, uh, David and Florian, uh, the founders, uh, and uh, I basically was just I was their dude on the streets, and um, you know it was a it was a wonderful thing, and I was just we were just. Reminiscing about it the other the other day, me and Stelzer were talking about. I mean, I, that's that's how I met you. You literally yeah. on the street walked in one day with uh, with some uh, samples, and I'm like, yeah, sure, we'll carry it. Yeah, it was, it was. I mean, that's and that's kind of why our our paths of, you know, I it just I Wait. walked in and and uh, met some really cool dudes who were doing a super cool thing down on Morganford, and you know. So, so a couple things that I want to talk about uh, as far as that particular relationship goes. Number one, you're not a soccer guy. You, you were maybe a soccer fan. A yeah, I mean, I grew up. up I grew up playing for Bill Dawes, you know, at Whitfield, and you know what I mean. It, it's a wonderful program. Bermuda grass. I had all the most <laughs> beautiful. Oh, uh, we had the you, best damn. You we had the best the grass, damn field, which means you're a baseball player. Uh, yeah, baseball player. Baseball yeah, yeah, player yeah, yeah. was your 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 yeah. uh, bread and butter. Yes. Um, so when you did walk in and you hooked up with uh, Matt and Rob and Lyle uh, or uh, Rabbit or whoever it was in Rabbit, early, yeah, wow. Um, yeah. 
when you walked in and they told you what they were planning on doing, what A, what did you think about soccer exclusive? And B, how did you envision Urban Chestnut being a part of it? So I thought soccer exclusive sounded very exciting. Um, you know, Urban Chestnut, just with our our German background, um, you know, and, and, and you know, Florian, uh, obviously, you know, Florian being from Mühldorf, Germany, and brewing around Europe for a number of years, I, I immediately thought, well, you're going to have an international audience. I did not know... Um, the rabid, uh, you know, um, culture that they were going to create. I didn't, I mean, we've, we've stood in awe as, you know, Amsterdam has, has, I mean, Amsterdam really creates its own universe, its own, its it's own, a, its, its own culture. It's a ta- it, it is a tastemaker. It is. No, a hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's a major influencer in the city. I mean, people look to Amsterdam uh, for you know, as 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 a as a beacon of authenticity. So so let's talk about a couple of things. Earlier, I talked about Matt or asked Matt about favorite game moment, memorable event at the club or at the bar. Excuse me. Um, you guys have been constantly rolling out product for years, and and everybody knows your north star is Wickle, right? That's that is. Delicious. Yeah, I mean, I, my my Wentzville partner here is like, oh my God, Zwickle, we're going to the home of Zwickle. I want to go to the home of Zwickle. You know, <laughs> I appreciate. <laughs> Zwickle, um, Zwickle was the first beer I tasted from Florian uh, when uh, I met with him and, and Dave. Uh, I guess I can say this here. I mean, uh, uh, Dave told me I'm I'm working with this uh, Bavarian brewmaster, and uh, uh, if you want to get involved, meet us at Six Row Brewing Company. I think the idea of us meeting at Six Row was because we thought we would see nobody we knew. And uh, Florian was a uh, very stoic German. Nothing's changed in, uh, in, in 13 years. And uh, I, I got a chance that night to taste uh, Zwickel that he had brewed. Um, and uh, it was, I was, I immediately I was like, oh, my God, this is, wow. this, this, this is, this is, this is lager like I've... I've, I've Basically, I mean, you have to kind of know where I'd come from too, you know. Uh, switching between Bud Select and, and uh, you know, and, and Bud Light, all of I really us, didn't. Yeah. I really didn't know anything. You know, yeah, here, here's the deal. All the, the 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 29 people now. I think we were 24 yesterday that are listening. If you yeah. like beer, <laughs> it's probably uh, 21. It might be 21. It could be 29. <laughs> if you like beer, um, you're a complete idiot if you don't try Zwickle. It's delicious, along with Underdog. Two best beers going right now in 200-mile radius. They're, they're delicious. And he's not just saying that because he's here. It, no, it has it, nothing it, to do with you. It, it, I, and, I mean, and, and so, a, a little bit, we've talked sure. about it a little bit. You, you, you know I've been doing this podcast for a little bit. Um, and we've been you know, with with the boys down at the stadium, uh, training shit four four days a week during the week. Um, Not stop. We've been at well spent for most of them because it, it is the closest. It is open earlier in the week. Yeah. Um, and they tend to brew what I call as cold and yellow beer. Just right? beer. Yeah, just simple beer. I, yeah, I think Same they do a great job. I do. Uh, Kyle, the guy who started it. Uh, I, I, I like Wells Spence's approach. I do. 
So they're 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 Keller beer and the Hoosier Pilsner or whatever it is. I mean, again, they it's are lovingly sim- lagered. Yes, it, it it's it's good and it's funny because when we do the shows and we talk about it, and we always talk about the beer. In the back of my mind, I'm like, it's still not Zwickle. It's still not you know. And no offense to those guys, I like it. It's good beer, but we do tend to gravitate towards you know clearly what we prefer. Um, you guys have just killed it, you know. Well, I would, I would, I would say that that it, it comes down to the fact that it's Florian's background, his pedigree. It's, it's, it has to do with, you know, um, basically his background in microbiology and yeast and yeast propagation and uh, you know our, our labs that he that he runs and um, he you know, knows I mean, his he, shit. Well, and he does, and 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 spell yeast propagation. And it's, it's you know, I, I'd, I'd say sometimes we're closer to an Anheuser Busch than we are to um, your average American craft brewery. Well, you're and very, that's okay. Bavarian. You know, that's yeah, and and you know, I think we're proud of that. And uh, doesn't always make us the coolest uh, or the uh, the hippest or or the, or the most trendy. But but I will tell you that, um, you know, it's uh, well, it's, oh. it, 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 it we you know it's it. The nice thing is, is uh, we don't get tired of drinking our own beers because you know, they're they're they're, 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 they're sessionable. God bless you. I mean, how many times have we talked about this? And, and John, you and I have talked about this a lot over the years. Like, you know, talking just in general. You know, when we we, we were looking at the drink programs at our own places at the studio, and you know, and obviously Matt and Lyle and the team always talk to you about what the people want. Your guys' beer, your approach, is always predictable in a good way for a proprietor. You know, we know that when you give us beer, we generally can expect to sell it. It's we're not we're not giving something uh, a new flavor or a, an experiment to a group of people who are trying to create a, a kitschy uh, marketing or price point to sell beer. You guys typically tend to stay in the middle lane and just make and sell good beer. In 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 the craft and here's my question: In the St. Louis craft beer market, how how do you, how do you feel? How what would you say is your strength for anybody that is looking for a local craft beer relative to the marketplace with what you do? Sure. Um, so I, I what I would say is is that um, you know most of most of the beer that's drank in St. Louis and the surrounding area is macro style. American loggers. Uh, what I would say is, um, grab a grab a four pack of uh, Zwickel uh, half liter bottles, and bring them home and uh, and have you know I mean have somebody who who has been drinking Budweiser um, try them and you you know if 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 they're being honest you know they're 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 going to and they're going to enjoy it and you know my my absolutely my thing is you know is is that. Um, you know, we, we 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 do. We have. We've we've. You know, I mean, just because of, of our size and the fact that our market is is so small, and we are small because, like, if you go to Indianapolis or Chicago, I mean, you know, Indianapolis. It's like I tell people, it's like, Indy. If if we were Indianapolis, Kirkwood would have six breweries. You know, it's like it's like it's we're 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 actually a, a very unique market, and, and so because of AB. Well, yeah, it's it's weird. AB puts kind of a a governor on it, yep. you know, and and I don't and and in some ways, I think what we do is we've got very high quality beer here in St. Louis, and I think you know, I think everybody from you know Schlafly and Four Hands and 
and perennial, and yeah, I, you know, I could go down the list. And I mean, everybody's making Every, well, well, everybody's spent. making and well spent. Our, our Monday well night, spent. Tuesday night sponsors. I mean, I mean, really, I, and, and and honestly, I mean, I I would want you know, Jake at Civil Life Modern. Uh, you know, I really, I, 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 if I didn't name you, I, I sincerely, I, I mean, I mean it. There the really passion. aren't. It's, <laughs> it's the passion. Well, there really aren't. Along with the soccer dad. There really aren't. There really aren't bad breweries, and and so, you know, we've tried. I mean, we we've we've tried to to, to dabble and, and 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 get into those areas, but I think that we all agree at the end of the day when we're sitting around having a stomptish, you know, our German pilsner. We're all kind of like, dude. This is this is the sweet spot of the bat, man. Right here, it's yeah. like, why would you even want to go outside of it? Stomptich is uh, Zach's. I, I, I've fa- had three of them. Favorite craft. Whoa, there you go. Yeah, see, right on point. Let's. Here's what I want to talk about real quick while we got Matt here because Matt's like, I only do 20 minutes on microphone, <laughs> and he's now officially at about 40 minutes. <laughs> so we oh, we broke at least record. an hour and a half. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about the relationship between Urban Chestnut and Amsterdam, and what I'd, what, I'd love to real quick. What what goes through your mind yeah. when you look at soccer calendars and you look at you got a World Cup coming up, you got English League, you, you, whatever. There is, it is not a there is not another account. There's not a retail account that you can set your watch to like Amsterdam. You know. I mean, it's it's a it's kind of a terrifying thing as as a as somebody who produces beer, just to know that there's going to be four or five hundred people jammed in there on a Saturday, you know, because before eight a.m. Saturday yeah, through Saturday. Saturday, right? Exactly. Just because there's a yeah there's a there's a seven thirty match on, and and, and it, 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 it as a supplier you feel like you can never be. Prepared for that, or, or I, I, you know, and, and, and but you can set your watch to it, and uh, I've never encountered something quite like that. Uh, and uh, I, uh, what they have is incredibly unique, and I'm excited to see what it's going to do down at the stadium. I really am because. Uh, oh, there's segue. Is there editing or anything? <laughs> I, thought, um, I don't edit. No, all good. I just let it run. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Hold on. Let me see if this works. Yeah, good job. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I thought that's what we were talking about. Uh, All right. Cat's out of the bag. Matt, I'm going to give you uh, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Yeah. However many seconds you need. 300 um, seconds. Let's, let's go. Let, oh, let, let me set the table real quick. For those of you listening, you have seventeen dates. Let's go. <laughs> Clearly, you know that we have an MLS team now. Uh, you know that there is a ton of development. We're going to be starting games in March, and there is everybody rushing to the marketplace to get a piece of the pie. And our friends uh, at Amsterdam Tavern, Matt, what's 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 your role in the whole Midtown experience? So we've been we've been talking with a developer for probably like eight months, um, <clears throat> and they have a building and they have a commercial spot. Um, on well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you too much, but it's well, let it's, me very, ask you it's very close. Is it a driver seven iron? Is it a wedge? Is it a? I, no, I, I think is uh, it an Uber? I'd say I'd say twenty years ago, I could I could I could uh, I could loft a, a ball into the stadium. That's how close with your it foot. Is. Yeah, really with with those hips. <laughs> I said I said twenty years. Ago. <laughs> All right, 
<laughs> so you're saying it's close? It's close. Hey yo. <clears throat> and uh, so we're still in we're still in some negotiations, uh, but uh, hopefully, and I, I I think it I think we'll have some good news in like a week or two. All right. So here here's my take on that because you you've been uh, uh, kind of silent enough about it. I really don't know a lot of details. I mean, just. Full transparency here. Yeah. You know, you've been doing your thing. If I'm that developer, if I don't find a way to make Amsterdam Tavern my tenant, knowing that you are the brand, you know, well, come to the meeting tomorrow with the developer, please. I I could do that. <laughs> I could. I, I, I mean, I mean, John. John, I will come too. You know, John sitting here. I, I might be. I, I mean, you're, you're you're kind of quietly shaking your head a little bit. But, like, if, if you're a developer... John knows if, him very well. Okay. Like, if, if you want... Yeah. So everybody's, like, on pins and needles here. But I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I'm just going to speak my mind for a second. If you want a soccer experience anywhere near City Park or whatever it's going to be called in a week's time, uh, outside of the realm of their footprint, if you do not have Amsterdam Tavern involved in it, or if you have the opportunity to have Amsterdam involved in it, are you are you fucking kidding me? Because over the past 12, 13, 14 years, who has done more for the soccer community than Amsterdam? John? Uh, nobody. No. I, I, you know, I mean, from a from an institution standpoint, no one. Individuals, you know what I mean? I, not to take away from, from people who have built soccer in St. Louis, but Amsterdam has made soccer... Cool. It has. It, that's. A, let me rephrase that. Amsterdam has made soccer the passion of of young fans, and you know I see. Basically, it has become the culture of South St. Louis. Um, I mean, it's it's. You're not a South St. Louisan. I feel like a young up and coming. If you don't have your team and you're up at Amsterdam, I, I really yeah, is. I, it's a really amazing, yeah. beautiful John, thing. John, John, you're gonna make me cry. Thank yeah, you. I mean, I mean that. It, if if you don't put a political yard uh, sign in your yard, play kickball, and go to Amsterdam, you don't really exist in South City. Would you guys <laughs> You're not stop, doing it right. <laughs> would you guys stop rubbing each other? No, I mean, look. Kind of, yeah. though, see, living seven and a half hours west in Wentzville, you know, it's a, it, it, it it's one of those things that I've been around long the the scene long enough. Actually, all of us, we've all been in the scene literally the same amount of time you know i've seen the residential changes you've john you've seen the uh craft beer influence clearly matt with amsterdam what you've done to the soccer scene like there are certain things that none of this would have happened without your address you know how does that make you feel that's it's great, and you know, just to kind of go back from the the first half of the show. I mean, once again, it's it's really it, it is all of our patrons that really make it great. It really is, and it, and it, and again, not to sound like a broken record, but it's it's all about the the young generation JB that you're talking about who who are coming in and and supporting it, and you know, again. Maybe they didn't play soccer. Who cares? They love it now. They embrace it. They wear the kit. They support their team. That's what makes it. Well, you're only saying that because they buy beer. Because kickball players that yell red card every time, 
you know. We, lo- we love them all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was also, I was saying to Matt the other day, I, I guess it was yesterday when I was telling you about, oh, yeah. yeah, about the dynamic between them too. You know what I mean? It matched the, matched the, 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 the properties and facilities. And oh, you're talking about the partners. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. How they work off of each totally other agree. so well. You know, uh, they, they... Yeah, because Lyle doesn't give a shit. No, no. And Lyle's the one who's going to say, you know, fuck you over the bar. And, and, and people love that. You know what I mean? They, well, I, well okay. Are we allowed to cuss here? Yeah. No, oh, absolutely. Okay. Fuck. It's yes. a soccer right. dad pod. All right. It's Sorry, automatically yeah. explicit. Well, I, in, in, you know what I mean? And Matt's the guy who's going to throw you through the window. You know, but... Right. Uh, you know, it's uh, it really is. It's a great yin and yang and... And you know, and Rob is going to be Rob. I was going to say, I was going to say, he takes all the cash and walks out the back door. That's right. Yeah, (laughs) sits in his judge chair. Damn, you guys really do know us. (laughs) We well, we've been around a little bit. We have, yeah, (laughs) taking notes. So, so okay, so we've we've looked backwards for the majority of this podcast. Um, Let Let's look forwards for a little bit. We talked briefly about the. Uh, potential of Amsterdam uh, location near the new stadium. Um, you know, earlier today, Jared and I were kind of joking about it uh, because, again, speaking to the advantage of Amsterdam as a brand uh, compared to the other so- new soccer bars that are coming in, uh, there are 17 home games, right? For I, I, yeah, I think, and then you get, like, I think there's two or three preseason so we'll, we'll just say like 20 games yeah, yeah. And, and you'll gain 25 with yeah. some random events yeah there. so so yeah. how do you so you'll th- have 25 events yeah so, correct so without you, playoffs they right. will what they the other uh, new entries to the market will have 25 events Amsterdam with its brand will automatically have 365 days of soccer branding at do, do, yeah. do, do, do you or at least 365 days of paying bills <laughs> well, well I think everybody the, has 365 days that's 100 percent truth there <laughs> <laughs> so, not lying. But, but but do you feel you feel good about like because you you do you you've hit and I've been there and and actually we joke about it because uh, how many times in the past uh, two three years do you and I in particular say I'm not going up there for that game? And there being your place, yeah, yeah, because of the crowd, because you've you're a capacity all the time. So, what does the new location? How is that going to play into your strategy moving forward? Well, it's it's three and a half to four times bigger. Whoa, yeah. So it's it's big. It's huge. <laughs> John, John just was like, "Damn, that's a lot of taps." Yeah, and it's it's. Can we get John's <laughs> pizza? It's thirty. It's <laughs> please. <laughs> Wow, it's we, delicious. We've discussed it before. <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, Chef Steven's pizza. It's uh, Chef Steven, <laughs> Chef Andy, Chef, a, lot of, a lot of chefs. Now. Fuck all those guys. I'm calling it John's. All right. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, so, it's a 30-square-hundred-foot it's a 30 square hundred, 30 square hundred foot, uh, space, so it's, it's, it's huge. Um, I, I just think, that, you know, and I think, I think that stadium is really going to tie in kind of the downtown, the midtown. It's going to be good for the neighborhood. I mean, obviously, they're going to have more than soccer there. They're going to have international rugby. You're going to have international soccer games there. Um, you're going to have concerts there. You know, there's, there's going to be a ton of events. And then, you know, hopefully, because of that stadium, these developers that we're dealing with also own five or six properties that are 
you know, their um, apartments and lofts. So hopefully that'll that'll draw you know people into renting and buying. Um, and so I don't I don't think it really is going to be an issue. I mean, I think it really is that area is really going to start booming, uh, which is just great for the downtown area. That's yeah, good. For as, all as we all know, downtown is struggling. I really think it's going to tie in St. Louis University all the way up market through Midtown to right. downtown. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a uh, kind of a blitz of business. Uh, people are going to come to that area, and hopefully it's more than 17 games. But, I mean, with, with people like you guys themselves, business owners being involved, uh, I mean, it, it could be phenomenal. I mean, it well, really... And think, and think, and think about this. Sorry, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Think about any other city that has literally almost in a direct row has an MLS, an NHL, and an MLB stadium literally yeah. right in a row. Downtown. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, no yeah, city because, has that. I mean, because the metropolitan trend in most cities is to put it in the burbs, put it on the fringe. Uh, I, just, I just got back from Vegas last week, and it's like... You know, you look at Vegas yeah, the and you look at what they're trying to do, and it's like, man, this is. I get the, I, I get the population, I get what's going on there, but it doesn't feel like a city. It's not. Right. You go there for an event. When you come to St. Louis, it it is a city. It is a city. If you're downtown doing your thing, I mean, you could walk from the MLS past past the the Blues, and then hit the Cardinals. In 20, 22 minutes. Like, so, that's how close they are. So, Urban Chestnut, you guys are constantly moving chess pieces, both in front of the curtain and behind the curtain. Uh, all the changes down here in, uh, in the Grove with the new game room, uh, clearly creating a more uh, uh, consumer-friendly environment. You constantly are pushing the envelope. Um I mean, if you're willing to uh, pull the curtain back, what's next? What do you got? What do you guys have coming down the pipe, or do you just simply plan on dominating the Zwickel world? So we're we're sitting inside the uh, the new um, the Grove game room. Uh, we wanted to give people a place to sit down somewhere comfortable uh, and watch the game in the Grove. Uh, we we don't have that option. Uh, in many places, and uh, the Grove is a fantastic neighborhood. And we figured we had this wasted retail space at the front of our front of our building, so we said, you know what, let's create it. And uh, it also, when people drive in to the west side of the Grove, uh, we want them to see uh, people out enjoying themselves and think, man, this this neighborhood is happening uh, from here all the way down to uh, rehab. It's uh, yummy. And uh, it's you know, yummy. and so we, we want, we you know, it's that's. That's our goal is, is is to is to create this corner, and uh, and uh, make it a, a formidable force here. Uh, so that's the plan here. Um, Midtown, uh, we are uh, we're building out the kitchen. Um, it's going to be smash burgers, fries. Uh, it's going to be uh, we're going to we're going to have some fantastic food. So Midtown for years is you know it's unfortunately when we moved here in 2014, our offices, everything. Uh, we'll be the first one to admit that you know. It, 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 anytime you leave your your core location, 
uh, it becomes an it becomes I hate to use it's a it's the wrong word but it becomes an afterthought uh, you know just from a facilities maintenance standpoint just from activation standpoint uh, and um, we are recommitting to it we actually our lease came up this year uh, we re-signed uh, Dave Wolf was like you know he, he negotiated some uh, some TI dollars and and we're gonna go we're gonna go hard at it because we believe in Midtown I mean that's why we, we moved there in the first place and I'm not gonna lie you know it, it, we've been in Midtown for uh, 12 yeah. years. You know, it it, well, it, it, it it hasn't come easy. It hasn't come, and and, and you know, and, and and that's with you know the Kranzbergs and and you know spending a lot of money and people putting a lot of uh, love into that neighborhood, and you know, it, but we still believe in it and we're still betting on it and we think it's it's going to happen and uh, we're going to you know we're we're going to be there for for a long time. Does the stadium MLS help that belief? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Let's go. Well, I mean, because the thing is, like, it's reassuring. I was was literally just thinking about that because the reality is, all these events that uh, Stelzer was just talking about, um, you know, at the end of the day, you guys are still, you have all the IP, you have all the Facebook search, you have all the Google presence. And so anybody that's coming to Midtown, that is going to City Park and is looking for something to do, you're going to be there, and you you are benefiting from a tremendous investment from the Kranzbergs uh, to the west of you. So and now the Taylors to the east of us. Yeah. To the yeah, I mean, I mean right. you, so those, right. are good, those are good. Those are good I people mean, to have on both I sides. Mean, you're going right? to have Absolutely. neighbors. Yeah, you're doing okay. So yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, all right. So Let's, I just want to do a real quick. Uh, shout out with, with John. Um, John, you want to just explain to the audience the uh, the commemorative can? Oh, can yeah, yeah, yeah. Cup. So um, we, uh, last year, we we started a, a Zwickel. Uh, we wanted to bring back a suitcase, like the old 80s suitcase, a 24, 12-ounce can. Uh, and um, we, we, we brought it out for the, uh, the, 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 um, the box stores. Uh, Costco bought it right up, and uh, immediately we we found ourselves in a bit of a hole. Uh, we were, uh, we we can't we couldn't make enough of it, and then uh, we sending them like two pallets a week. And uh, wonderful thing. And uh, so this year we were like, you know, uh, we really would love to take these 12 ounce Zwickel cans and sort of make them more of a, uh, you know, put them in more people's hands. And we thought, dude, what what better way than than to uh, to, to do a uh, a World Cup commemorative uh, Urban Chestnut Amsterdam oh, t- a twelve uh, ounce twelve can. ounce uh, Zwickel can? And I'd say JB JB's been hitting us up for years. <laughs> I, JB has I been pounding that drum. Since 2017, yeah. You know, he I'm wants old. us to do a retro twelve uh, ounce bottle. Oh, dude. Like, dude. So his MGD. I would love the little eight ounce. You remember those little ponies? Yeah, the little ponies. The fucking ponies. Can you imagine <laughs> a, an eight pack of eight ounce ponies of underdogs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. underdogs. Jared Bertrand, how many would you buy? <sighs> like 7,000 cases those. of those? Yes. <laughs> it's the. Uh, <laughs> I like the, the 16 ounce Shotgun. that you could just take off and they were cups. Yeah, we that, so chain. that was a well that was a supply chain thing. Uh, we used to have those three. They were called three sixty lids, and uh, the whole top came off. And man, I, they cost us two bucks a case. Like I think a, I was like the a only Mickey's big mouth. I think I was the only guy in the building who loved them. I mean, really, I, I, I loved them. 
And but but I'll tell you what we we didn't get rid of them. Um, Crown Cork and Package. They were an eight billion dollar company. They came up with those things because they expected you know, AB Miller Heineken get somebody to pick them up. Nobody ever did except for like us. And uh, I just don't think those were paying the bills. And uh, they shut down that the manufacturing line that made those 360 lids. And it was ah, a, they were delicious. It, it, it sucks. It, it, but it's uh, good. I mean, it's, and then they sold the company. It's it's a bottle. It's a canned product that tastes barbecue? like draft. How yeah, good were did. those by the barbecue pit? No, they, they, they were they were. And then I'd go down to Columbia, Missouri, and people would tell me that uh, the, the all the frat guys used them as spitters, and I was just like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. It's really, I mean, like, <laughs> I was so happy. I really was, and everybody was like, Dude, ah, they, they're I mean, gonna throw them in rivers, and then people are gonna cut their feet. And I was like, I, I hope not. I hope that's not gonna happen. Why, I loved them. Why? I mean, you should have went to Skoll. You know, you could you could have went to school oh. and had a, a partnership. Like. It sucks. It, they're gone, <laughs> and people are like, "Why don't you go and manufacture?" Like, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sure we can go create a, 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 a I don't know. It, yeah. it would take some research. Somebody should. <laughs> Damn Researching it, I'd cash. buy it from you. Right? Anybody listening, if you've our, got about uh, twenty million in cash that you would like to invest in, shout out to our production manager, Amy Stacy. I think she bought a ton of them, though. So we do have like <laughs> enough for one last run oh, at some point, and she's here. holding them for something special. <laughs> he's texting. <laughs> he's like, he's texting his wife. How many can I really buy? <laughs> I want like a thousand. All right, guys, dude, this this was fun. We are definitely going to do it again because we did not cross all the T's and dot all the I's. Plenty of stuff to talk about in the future. Um, guys, appreciate your time. Next time, I want to tell you the Oliver Kahn story in the locker room. Yes. Good See, story. that's what I'm talking about. I mean, there's plenty of locker room stories that I'm sure we left out, right? Oh, yeah. You know, and John, John knows where all the uh, uh, Spuds McKenzie bodies are buried. I love Spuds McKenzie. Yeah, Bud Girl I'm story. dressing my dog up tomorrow. I have no locker room story, dude. You guys, here's the deal. We uh, we're done. We got we we got to wrap it up because otherwise people are like not going to listen to this anymore. In fact, most of them have already fallen off the fucking line at this point. So uh, give us a follow, Soccer Dad Pod, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, special thanks to Matt Stelzer and John Shine. Give them a follow if you aren't already. Amsterdam Tavern, uh, Urban Chestnut Brewing. Um, Blue scored, we're winning. Love you guys. And you know what? The Blues just scored, so that's a perfect way to roll out. Thanks, guys. That's good, man.